everyone and welcome to today's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira, And we're now back to the original setup of the Sunday morning podcast recordings. I feel Woo-woo. like we took a week <laughs> off and now that we're back in it, I remember how hard it is to get up. <laughs> <laughs> Normally you're the one that's up really early, but I think the day is getting slightly lighter. I have actually been waking up before seven naturally every day, which I'm loving. Oh, see, it's definitely not me that wakes up first. You always text me like, are you ready? And at that point, still in bed. <laughs> the kettle's not on, even though I tell you I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. <laughs> None of my there equipment was that is out. Period where you were doing the like seven o'clock reading hour. Yeah. So I mean, that's, we're on a good roll with that. That still <laughs> happens in the week, but I feel like weekends. I don't know. I, I just wasn't prepared this break. morning. Forgot to set my alarm. <laughs> magically woke up at like five two. Then yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing. You no one cares. So we'll move on <laughs> to the weekly roundup. How's your week been? My week has been good. I feel like this week's gone really quickly. It's the last week of February. I can't believe that month is over know, already it flew. because what on earth happened the first thing that came to mind that I thought about this week was that I went on a walk um at the park this week and I saw the strangest but cutest dog combination it was a Staffordshire Bull Terrier so Staffy like a sort of like grayish color but combined with like a big sausage dog so it was like a long Staffy I can't what that looks like i saw it from a distance and i was like oh my god what is that because it just looked like such an odd combination i think that whenever i see you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god thank you um so that was the first thing that stands out the second thing isn't something i've actually done this week per se but i've been planning it this week because as i mentioned in last week's wrap-up i've started running and you know I am an all or nothing type of person, so I decided, instead of just like continuing to run just for fun, I'd set myself a challenge for the month of March, so I'm calling it Miles for March, because it has a bit of title, Um, and the goal is to run 50 miles throughout the entire month, which is an equivalent of 80 kilometres, and last week you were asking me distances, so... We did some maths and 50 miles is for me to run from my house to your house and then back again. Okay, that is definitely a challenge. (laughs) I will not be partaking in miles for March, but I will Um, support you. Thank you. So I feel like it's going to be a good challenge. I feel like it's going to be a challenge, but equally achievable I didn't want to go for like a hundred miles or something crazy because I do see like proper runners take on a hundred mile challenges and I'm like you know what probably not for me but but respect I'm taking on a running challenge (laughs) and it's gonna be scary but you know it's my probably my last month of furlough because I work in tourism and things get to start opening up again in April slash May so I think I'm gonna be back to work in April thankfully but I thought I might as well do something exciting with my last month off so running challenge here I come (laughs) and then I also want to talk about a book that I read this week I don't know if you've read it but it's called We Went to the Woods by Kate Dolan Leach haven't read it but I did just watch your vlog for it (laughs) It is really, really good. So I first saw Zoe from the channel, Zoe Delaney, talking about it, and she compared it to The Immortalists. Now, having read it, I didn't really see the comparison as such. Like, I don't really think it was that similar to The Immortalists, because I feel like one of the key 
like things about the Immortalist was like the fact that it was split into several different sections with different perspectives and this one was all from the same perspective but it is basically about a group of characters going off to live in a commune or start up a commune um just outside of like New York in the countryside and it was really interesting it was like a very different style of dystopian to what I've ever read before because it wasn't like a mass scale post-apocalyptic thing it was like a very small scale people trying to make a utopia happen and then how it all sort of starts to crack and there's some interesting historical bits woven in about past communes and stuff like that and it was just really interesting so I would definitely recommend it because it was really really good I love a dystopian and then I have I love a dystopian but I haven't read one for quite a while actually so this was a, a good one to get back into it I think and it was like I said a very different to anything I've read but actually thinking about it I haven't read many modern dystopians I've mostly read like the classics so it was interesting to see like a different take on it so very much enjoyed that and then (laughs) the final thing I want to talk about is a little bit of a surprise so kind of happened very quickly do I know what this is no this is a surprise for you this is a surprise for you more than anyone else but um so this week, Jay got news that he got a new job. Yay, and, Jay! My voice just went to actually... naturally high. <laughs> so that's not really the news, but the news is because of that and where it is, we're currently looking to rent a house in... No, no! York! Go away! Oh my god, I can't believe you're telling me this on the podcast. I think I'm going to cry. No, what are you moving? Oh my god. No, no, seriously, so what are you moving? So we're hoping to move like very, very soon. We're just looking for houses. Like the one thing that might be like a slight like delay is that where obviously you need to find somewhere that will let us have the pets like the rabbit and the cat but all being well it should be very soon I literally like oh my god this is the most exciting news I've had like in literally the last year <laughs> oh my god we can go on walks I know it's gonna be exciting oh my god so excited I must just wet myself <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you kept that secret till the podcast well, was so that we only found out about the job on friday and then i was like well so only a couple of days to the podcast so i might as well get an authentic reaction on, oh my on god record. that is literally just like made my life complete what a time Yay. to be alive okay that is Woo-hoo. an insanely good roundup you win at the Thank roundup you. and at life <laughs> <laughs> i think i just need like a minute before i can talk about my week okay i'm gonna try also i was thinking when you <laughs> no i'm too excited okay when... <laughs> that was a good reaction i hope jay enjoys that when he edits yeah. the podcast i think congratulations jay what an exciting time um yeah what was I gonna say oh yeah i was thinking when you were talking how i always say now ironically love that for you and um, yeah i don't want anyone to think that i just say it for no reason basically kira went through a phase of saying it all the time and so now it was when we went to london yeah. we, i like realized on that specific day how much i actually said it because you got really irritated by it by the end yeah. of the day you were like no more i love that for you no literally i couldn't even go to the toilet without her saying love that for you love that for you i've just talked about the <laughs> toilet like twice in the last minute <laughs> Which is nice. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, so as for my week, I feel like n- I feel like not a lot happened. But 
this week feels so much more hopeful after the news on Monday Mm -hmm. of the roadmap for coming out of lockdown and the warmer weather this last week has just felt so much more positive so much more happy absolutely so I just think in general like it's been a more positive mood obviously there is still a long way to go but just kind of Mm -hmm. the glimmer of hope in the distance has made such a difference to my week (laughs) so that has kind of set the week out on a positive note and I actually did a book event this week like an online book event um I attended a university like English society's book club and mine was the book club um mine being if you're new to this podcast my novel um and it was the book club pick for that month and so what they've been doing to try and make the zoom events more interesting is they've been picking authors where they know that they can get they've been picking books where they know that they might be able to get the author on to talk through the book and then everyone can just ask questions and so it felt Mm -hmm. really nice to do a event for the for writing like obviously I feel like my book got published and then we went into lockdown pretty soon after so I've hardly done any book events so it was really nice to do an online one so I did that um amazing and then as for reading this week I feel like this is quite a book heavy roundup but what have we got to do we'll love to see it (laughs) um I just finished I literally devoured it within a day sisters first stories from our wild and wonderful life written by Barbara Pierce Bush and Jenna Bush Hager which are the Bush twins Um, I did see that on Insta yeah and I was a bit worried that it was going to be very politically heavy because obviously I think when you read from the first first story first deuters first deuters (laughs) first deuters point oh my god i've just done it again first daughter's point of view so when you read from the first door i can't not say deuters so when so when you read from the first daughter's point of view i was worried it was gonna be a very politically heavy book which i do like um my niche at the moment as i've mentioned everywhere uh, is female political white house memoirs i really love them my next one on my list i know it is such a niche but i know that jenna on instagram has the exact same niche so i'm justifying it Uh, (laughs) Michelle Obama's memoir is next on my list but anyway so I was reading Sisters first and it was just so lovely to read from two sisters two twins point of view they've had such an unconventional upbringing unconventional life and yet they've had someone Mm -hmm. by their side that absolutely gets it Um, and reading about that bond as twins and how their lives have gone in such different directions because one of them um, Jenna has been married she's got children and she's picked like that sort of route for her life whereas Barbara wanted she wasn't really interested in marriage and she opened like a global health organization and she travels around the world and it's just so amazing to read about the different paths their lives have taken even though they started out in the exact same place together and the respect and Mm -hmm. love that they have for each other as twins like I just really enjoyed it very very good and now I'm reading The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon which is about two radio co-hosts that hate each other so they are kind of picked to co-host this radio show called the x talk where they'll pretend to be Mm -hmm. exes and they will do an agony ant column for like listeners can kind of submit their breakup stories and they will talk about it on air and then they start to fall in love it's a hate to love rom-com i haven't read (laughs) rom-com in so long it used to be such a part of my reading taste and now i hardly read any so yeah it's been a good reading week this week and i just feel like basked in the glow of the lockdown news it's been a good week i've enjoyed it I'm so glad. It literally has. I think, obviously, as you'll have seen in the vlog that you just watched of mine, as you mentioned, I literally could not stop talking about how happy I was this week because the weather is nice. I know, it's such a joyful vlog. The days are getting brighter and everything just feels, again, like you say, a bit more hopeful. Like there's like a 
a literal like way out of this like dark winter lockdown so and it does just have such a big effect on your mood and your ability to enjoy everything so yeah I went for a like walk in the sun yesterday and it just Ugh. the weather makes such a difference like it was warm enough that I took off my jacket I was in a short sleeve t-shirt in February what's going oh on God. I got a frappuccino yesterday frappuccino <laughs> I would an icy frappuccino I would not have pegged you as a frappuccino drinker do you know I was gonna get a hot chocolate my um I was on a walk with my sister we we're on a social social distanced walk together <laughs> that was really hard to say um and she has given up dairy for lent so we were gonna get hot chocolate together vegan hot chocolate but then we did some of our walk first and then went to get drinks and by the time we'd finished walking we we're actually really warm so she ended up getting a chocolate frappuccino and I got a caramel frappuccino it was really Really, really wow. nice but what i was just milk like put in that can't believe, what, what, what's the substitute um, i got almond milk and um attain got coconut milk in hers so nice it was great um but i just couldn't believe it was february and i was drinking an iced drink i was like wow no what me a day. either i um went and i got so usually when i'm in york obviously because there's so many nice coffee shops i won't buy from a chain but for the last few fridays we've been getting starbucks delivery on just eat um and the double nice. chocolatey macchiato oh it's the best drink I've ever tasted. So I had to mm-hmm. get that on my walk yesterday. I felt like I was cheating on all bit. the independent shops, but oh, double chocolatey macchiato. So good, yeah. How nice that, that one sound? has been, it sounds really nice and I, it makes me sad that I can't get it because I think the syrup that they, like the drizzle that they put on top of them mm. is not vegan. Yeah, but you could also get, always get, get it without the without the so i tried to get a macchiato it wasn't a chocolate macchiato but it was a different one from starbucks a couple of weeks ago and he was like the drizzle's not vegan i was like oh i'll just get it without the drizzle and he was like you might as well just get a caramel latte because it's just that basically but with drizzle on so, so. i wonder what what drink the double chocolatey macchiato is without the drizzle because I, I think it's much sweeter than a mocha yeah maybe it's like a mocha but more chocolate Mm, nice more chocolate than coffee but anyway I'm obviously not a barista so I'm just making guesses here but yeah me too but yeah that's why I cheated in the (laughs) independent coffee shops of York I'm actually currently drinking (laughs) hot drink section of the podcast (laughs) you know those Nescafe sachets and they're like all different flavours I'm drinking Mm -hmm. the praline one which tastes like a Ferrero Rocher excuse me did you say oh god (laughs) yes because if you say praline what Praline. Do you say? Oh, Praline. you're such a freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Praline. Oh my god! It I is actually absolutely think not Praline. What we're gonna absolutely do not. is when we put this podcast on the Instagram, we're gonna do a poll. Poll. You definitely Praline. Call it, do you call it poll Praline? Or poll? <laughs> a poll. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna put poll. Praline or Praline, and we're gonna see once and for all what the answer is because. And whilst now we're neither there, of them sound like words. Praline. Pra- how do I say Praline. 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 No, it's Praline. 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 I'm never going to do that again, don't worry. Oh my god. Well, with that in mind, let's bring the weekly wrap-up to an end. I think we've we've said enough. We're done there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now for our main theme of the week. It is Kira's turn. Obviously, last week we did a joint one, which was very, yeah. very wholesome. Um, and now it's Kira's turn. So I'm going to pass over to Kira. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, why does that make me feel so nervous? <laughs> um, 
So, kind of inspired actually by some of the things that we were talking about last week, I decided this week we could talk about the theme of navigating adult friendships and basically like everything to do with friendships when you're, you know, out of the education system. And that was kind of where it came up because I think we were talking about friendships in school and kind of changing yourself to fit in with friends. And I think I kind of roughly mentioned that I don't really have any friends from my school days. And that kind of got me thinking about just like what friendships are like as an adult. And to me, I feel like it's become so much better, but I know that some people also struggle making friends as an adult and things like that, and just basically not knowing where to go, how to find people, how to find like your people, I guess. And so it just thought it would be an interesting topic. It's been a while since we've done like more like of a, a just rambly. like rambly discussion, see where the hell we end up with it kind of conversation. I'm a little bit so. scared without the structure, but I think we can yeah, do I this. Know. It is like the structure is our crutch. It keeps us going. So this is, you know, we're going free. But yeah, so. Do you want me to start? I think that sounds like a good idea. You can start. Um, So I also think this is actually a really nice episode to do this since I just found out that my fave adult friend is moving to York. What a time to be alive. You didn't see the in-between bit between us filming the first section and this section, but I had a second freak out where I think the words, (laughs) this is the best day of my life, were uttered. I know, I wish that we had that on record and now you've like added it to the record, so that's good. (laughs) It is, it's a good day. Um, So I think adult friendships is such a big topic. We've picked a big one. (laughs) But I do think it's interesting how friendships work when you're out of the schooling system, because I think Mm -hmm. when you're in school, you have to make friends. Like it's, it's something you have to do and you have to make friends with kind of who's there, if that makes sense. Exactly. Which is not, not that I've realised that that sounds really offensive to my school friends. (laughs) I love you all dearly and I'm very, very glad that you're my friends and it just went out well that we were all very, very similar. But I just mean in general, like approaching friendships in school, you've got like whoever's in your class, whoever's in your school and then you need to make friends. Whereas (laughs) the adult friendship world, you've got the whole world. (laughs) So there's much more people out there. I mean, I will say, if you have got the whole world, but it's a lot more difficult to make friends outside of the Mm -hmm. schooling system. So I think you've got more opportunity to broaden your horizons and find people who maybe have more aligned interests and values with you, but it's actually harder to find those people, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think there's also something kind of daunting because there are groups of friends that have still been friends since they were in, like, school. And I feel like sometimes it feels like it's difficult to know, like, how you can insert yourself into friendships and stuff when it's like, you just don't know if people are looking for new friends or, you know, it's because it's not like a given that you have to be friends with people anymore because you're not spending literally every day together, you're no longer in school. It it does become a little bit scarier. It's like, oh, how does this happen? Like, because as children, you just kind of like are friends. It just happens. happens. I feel like as an adult, maybe it's like a bit more intentional. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And I, but I think that's also, I think everything we're going to talk about in this episode probably has its pros and cons. Because I do think in that way, like, it is more difficult to make friends, as you say, because it feels intentional. But then because of that, I feel like the friends that I've made as an adult and the friends that I'm really close to as an adult, because it's intentional, I feel like this, I value them a lot because I know that mm-hmm. both sides intended to be friends, if that makes sense. And it's like a conscious yeah. effort to maintain that friendship. Because one thing that I've noticed as an adult um, is that I think I have let, like, it's not like I've 
other people that I've been friends with in the past I'm not friends with but I think maybe my circle is smaller I'm less in big groups than I was before yeah so like there's less friends that I talk to on a regular basis but those friendships Mm -hmm. I talk to more they're probably friendships that I kind of and what's the like watering a plant what's the What's the word I'm looking for? Friendships that I nourish? Is that... Nurture? Nurture. Friendships that I nurture on a more regular basis and, like, yeah. Like, like our friendship and the friendships of people I had from uni. Like, I don't have a massive group of friends from university, but I have, like, a few friends that I keep in touch with, like, really, really well. Um, And I know everything that's going on in their lives, same as, like, I do with you. And so I feel like I have maybe less friends in the smaller circle, but because they're intentional, I value them a lot more. Absolutely. I feel like that's something I definitely relate to, especially because I think I went through a phase of not really having any, like, friendships. Again, (laughs) I say that in, like not in like a sad or like pity me kind of way I had plenty of like acquaintances and people I'd get on with I was at uni and I worked at Domino's Pizza there was loads of people there that I really got on with that I saw all the time but I didn't really like we didn't make an effort to see each other outside of work so I would say I was friendly with them got on with them really well but they weren't like friendships that I like super valued and then I moved jobs and started working at a school doing an admin role and that was a job that took up a lot more time which meant that I spent less time at uni and I didn't really make an effort to socialize at uni because I was spending more time at work and again at that work there was loads of people that I found I was very friendly with I got on with them however I was by far the youngest person in that school work environment so again it wasn't really a place that I felt like I found any super close friendships but loads of people that I got on well with and of course I had Jay who I spent a lot of time with my family and all that kind of thing and it just wasn't something that I had time to pursue so I had a period of time where friendships weren't really like a major part of my life and then in the last couple of years I've found a couple of like really close friends and now I'm just like I value those friendships so much because I had a time where I didn't really have any close friendships and now I'm like I have like I say, a couple of close friendships, but I feel like I am able to give them the time and attention that I think I want from a friendship where like, you know, it's like, it feels like you're putting in something, you're getting something out of it. And it feels like both parties are like equally involved and invested in it. But I certainly have no interest in having like a huge group of friends because I honestly just don't see where I would be able to fit that in as an adult. And I think that is something that becomes more apparent the older you get is that friendships actually take up like a fair bit of time time if you want them to be valuable and if you want them to be worth your time. Definitely. I think that's a major shift that happens because I remember when I was in high schools, I think, high school and sixth form are where I really vividly remember having like this close group of friends and we're all still friends now, which I'm really thankful for. Um, And, you know, it's nostalgic. You've got all the memories Mm -hmm. that you had in school. I I do love that. Um, And you had this given amount of time every week where you would see your friends. So it went from like every day of the week every weekday you knew you were going to see your friends and then the weekend was kind of where you wouldn't see your friends maybe yeah and now as an adult it's like week every weekday is manic and then you get to the end of the week and that's where you have to kind of squeeze in time to see your friends so definitely the amount of time that you automatically give friendships lessons um which again is kind of nice because it means that you have to be intentional with your friendships um Mm -hmm. yeah I don't really know where I'm going with this I do know what you mean I feel like it is it's interesting because I think that way you can see your circle 
lessening in size because I think it becomes clear like which friendships are you like really invested in and vice versa like which friends are invested in you and that can seem like as you're getting older you're becoming like you've got less and less friends but in my experience it's not been a negative thing because it's actually been the result of actually having friendships that I feel like I value and ones that I know I want to put time into definitely and I also think last week in one of your points that you made in the like a letter to your past self you talked about like spending time alone mm. and kind of like having that sort of like relationship with yourself where you really value that alone time and I think again when you are no longer in school which school is hard work if you're still in school good job but <laughs> it equally it's something that you kind of can chill out at times with because you're not being paid to be there you have to be there and so you can have like lower effort days and you can view it as more of a social situation rather than a work situation whereas I think once you end up in the world of work you're being paid to be somewhere you have to be accountable and therefore you're using a lot more like mental energy throughout the day and probably interacting with colleagues who you might have good friendships with as well but when you leave work I think it's not often the case that the first thought you have is like I can't wait to see my friends sometimes it's like can't wait to just like sit down and be alone for a little bit (laughs) yeah so definitely I think you learn as an adult you do learn I say as an adult like I'm not still a baby adult myself um but you do learn how important alone time is and you enjoy being independent more which is yeah is what I was talking about last week and I also think you learn more how like the need to set boundaries like I have been very much a people pleaser in my life and if someone kind of wants to see me or wants to ring me or wants a text back like I will just give it because I want to please them but I think as an adult when you have less time when you appreciate the time you're spending on your own a bit more you do have to set boundaries and kind of choose where you want to channel your energy whether that be creative channels whether that be hobbies whether that be family that be friends Um, and so again it all comes back to kind of this overlying theme or underlying theme is it over or under who knows Um, under maybe i don't know (laughs) no it's underlying overarching there we go yeah there we go take your pick um (laughs) of everything being intentional as an adult because it just seems more automatic when you're in school um but yeah this is a really interesting topic because i also know that it is very difficult like we're saying this it's it's intentional to maintain friendships like as an adult but it is also very difficult to make them i remember when i first moved to york um i only knew my cousin who i was living with at the time and i didn't know anyone else and i went through Mm -hmm. a really intense breakup as soon as i got to york and shortly after that i lost a member of my family so i was feeling very much not in the headspace to try and put myself out there and make friends and it was very very difficult um because it feels like there's so many people out there, but how do you find them and how do you make friends? Yeah, exactly. In fact, my best friend in York, or one of, oh my God, no, don't, that just reminded me again that you're moving to York. <laughs> one of my best friends in York, um, I actually met because we went on a date and then it ended up being a situation where we were like, oh, I think this should be friends. And now he's one of my closest friends. And so we like you that. definitely, <laughs> the ways in, re- in which you make friends are definitely more unconventional, I'd say. Or like Absolutely. when I was, um, he's also, well, the reason I met him, shout out to you, Dick if you're listening um is because I worked in the coffee shop next to the York Minster when I first moved to York and all of the stonemasons used to come in for a coffee which every time I tell this story people are like that sounds so like far removed from real life like stonemasons it sounds so historical yeah um, and that's how we made friends and so I also remember I joined a writing group and I tried to make friends there um I even downloaded Bumble BFF when I first moved to York um it's just so difficult 
to make friends, but then I didn't once you actually do, like, that was a thing. No, well, I never met anyone off it because I was too scared. Oh. Um, R.I.P. But <laughs> couldn't juggle the dating apps for romance and friendship. It was just too much. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think it's harder to make them, but then once you do find your people because I do think with time it will happen like just by living out there in the world like by me being Mm -hmm. at the coffee shop by us having YouTube channels and then just messaging each other like things do happen even if it does take time but then once it has taken that time it is a very intentional process 100% I think yeah it is definitely we're talking about it in the perspective before of like you already have friends how do you manage them as an adult when you've got a busier schedule but yeah I think if you are in the process of trying to make friends it definitely can be a little bit harder like to know like where to go for it I think there are some obvious places that you might meet people like I mentioned the workplace you might just you know hypothetically bump into people but if that hasn't happened and you are wanting to find friends then I feel like being a bit more intentional with your friendship search might be a good thing and like thinking about like what things do you value in friends and kind of looking in those places so if you have particular interests maybe joining clubs and hobbies um and just like trying to meet people and kind of like network if you will and is a good way to meet people and I think you will find that a lot of people who have joined those clubs wherever that's like a running club a writing club a yoga studio they've done that because they also want to meet people who they feel like are similar to them so I think once you put yourself out there in those kinds of scenarios you'll find that friendships do kind of blossom more easily because people are looking for the same type of thing that you are. So I think it is kind of a bit daunting when the school setting is taken away and those immediate just like, of course, they're your friends type of people aren't really in the situation anymore. And then you kind of have to yeah, put more effort definitely. in. I think once you've made a few friends and like actually like consciously tried to connect with people it does become less scary so yeah and also friends of friends your circle just naturally grows then I think Mm -hmm. it, it like high school primary school high school sixth form it's kind of like an automatic friendship process like I don't remember thinking consciously about it then once you get to university there's so many people you don't know any of them you do have to intentionally make friends and it is a little bit scary then once you get to adulthood it's like you have to intentionally make friends again and it's scary but there's yeah. not masses of people around you that obviously are in the same boat so it is yeah. um it is difficult I remember when I moved to York after a good few months of living here I just said to my mum I feel like I feel like I'm never going to put down roots here because I just, I'm really struggling to make friends. And I think that was influenced by the fact that I was going through a tough time in other areas of my life. But in the end, it does just take time. And I think intentional friendships as an adult are so amazing. Can we just appreciate for a second how amazing Mm -hmm. they are? Like when I think about my friends, I just automatically smile. I know, I think... I do value the friends that I have so much and I do really feel like it is something that I didn't really ever appreciate that much as like a a child or a teenager and stuff um but now as an adult I'm like wow friends are really great and it is something like you say you maybe have to put a bit more effort in you're both busy you've got to figure out times you've got to be intentional but when you are in a friendship with someone where you're both making that effort it is just so valuable and I think it is something that I've definitely grown to appreciate so much more yeah to know that someone wants to be your friend and maintain that friendship it's such like I just think it's such an underappreciated thing and you get so Mm -hmm. much from friendships that you don't get from other relationships in your life so shout out to my friends shout out to you what a wholesome friendship (laughs) theme love it wow amazing Go I feel friends. like that that didn't feel like too much of a directionless ramble I hope not let us know <laughs> what you think <laughs> yeah I'd love to know what people think about adult friendships like literally anything 
anything that you think about them because I think it's such an Mm -hmm. interesting topic and there's so many things you could talk about there absolutely or if you feel like you're struggling with it and you have any specific questions then do remember that we have an agony Ant anonymous question form which is linked in our instagram bio at we're spinning plates so if you have any questions about like making friends or the intricacies of it maybe balancing time management and friendships or anything like that then you can go over drop us a question and we can talk about that in another episode indeed nice little plug in there and i'd also just like to report back that i've just got a message from my mum in response to me texting her in our recording break like (laughs) oh my god kira's moving to york and she just replied in all caps oh my god (laughs) love it mum gets it mum gets it she gets it Okay, time for the agony ant section. And we actually had a message, or specifically, I think Em had a message basically saying that someone wants this section to be longer. So we're coming (laughs) through for you, whoever you are. And we've got some juicy questions. We've got two questions and one is very, very detailed. So I'll hand over to you, Em, to read out that detailed question. So I'd like to start off by saying that the first sentence of this question says, I recently submitted this question to Dolly Alderton. So just let it be known that you're held in high regard among good company. I think that's what the honour. That might be the best compliment we've ever had for the podcast. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, we've made it's it. Like, when, you, when I think about famous agony ants, I think Dolly Alderton, Kira Foster, Emily Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> Not. It's true. We are among the greats. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> anyway, we don't have time for this. This is a long question. Okay, so it says. <laughs> Basically, I've been dating my first ever boyfriend for like three years now, but I've kind of just fallen out of love. We don't have the same interests or values anymore, and I sadly can't imagine this being forever. However, and this is the problem, I haven't ever had a breakup before, and I have no idea how to go about it. He is a lovely person and my best friend, and he doesn't really have any reason to expect this. Just because I'm not in love with him doesn't mean I don't love him, and it breaks my heart to imagine how upset he'd be if we split. Can I have some help? Ooh. it's a difficult one that's so sad i, I always think sad. like in my head yeah. i have the debate is it easier to be the breakup e or the breakup er and i think both of them are so difficult um what i will say with this one is that if it's got to a point where you because if you start off a relationship and you know that it's like kind of more of a friendship level you know real like it's because i think there are lots of different types of types of romantic love within romantic love if that yeah. makes sense and if you start it off both knowing that you are best friends like more than anything like i think i know a lot of relationships like that and they can be a really healthy yeah. place to start a relationship but that's different than if it started off as a different, different kind and yeah. then morphs into a friendship kind of relationship mm-hmm. that's different and what i will say is that if you are at the point now where you know it's not going to be forever it almost feels like maybe you're wasting both of your time to drag it out and to not end this relationship because I think I always say this when it comes to like romance you only get Mm -hmm. one life so you don't kind of want to waste it (laughs) profound (laughs) statements let's make merch um so you don't want to waste it in situations or with people or feeling like you're trapped in situations that aren't your best life if that makes sense and vice versa Mm -hmm. for them because you never know when you bring it to the table they might be thinking this too so what I will say is that if it's got to a point where you know it's not going to be forever it might just be the kindest thing to do to bring that to the table to open up that discussion see how it goes because you both don't want to waste your time sorry I just started singing blank space in my head but um wait why did I say something that made you that triggered um, it if it's going to be forever or it's going to go down in flames yeah um 
well let's not let's not let's not not say that anyway (laughs) um but that's that just came into my head i am sorry but i definitely agree it is a really tricky situation i think it seems like you could be hurting someone a lot and if it's someone that you care about it's not going to be a pleasant situation and i think it's also really difficult because it seems like this person has made up their mind as in they have a gut feeling and they know that they're not invested enough in the relationship romantically for that to be their forever person and so i feel like once you've had that feeling you're probably going to act on it at some point so i definitely agree that you might be wasting your own time but also the time of this person that you care about because they might think that you are their forever person and so they might then need a lot of time to like get over the situation and then put themselves back out there so i do think if you are 100% made up in your mind that you can't see it as a forever thing then it's kind of just uh, ripping the plaster off and just doing it as as quickly as you can in the most kind way possible but I do think potentially one thing that might be holding this person back is the knowledge that they view this person as a great friend and that they might lose that friendship which is definitely something to be cautious of I guess because they might not feel like they're on the same page as you so I'd say just prepare yourself for every eventuality maybe just like put your cards on the table say that you really love them as a friend and that you'd love to be able to stay friends but also respect their wishes and the way that they want to go about it because you just can't know how they're feeling just as they might not know how you're currently feeling so I do think it is really really difficult but equally if you have that gut feeling then you just kind of have to go with it because otherwise you're kind of doing both of you a disservice by staying in something that's not serving you so it is really tricky and I think yes they will probably be upset if you guys break up but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a wrong decision I think the last time I went for a breakup I was very very upset by it but now mm-hmm. like two years later I'm like that is the best decision that could have possibly been made and I'm really thankful for that decision that it was made so I think time is yeah. always the best healer um, and even if they necessarily don't want to be your friend and they're really upset in the beginning that's not how it will always be necessarily so no I agree and I feel like it obviously is really difficult because I think you wouldn't be in a relationship with someone if at some point you didn't see it having some kind of future and so when one person then changes their mind about their view of the future and then kind of springs that on you and essentially breaks up with you obviously it's a shock to the system because it kind of causes your worldview and your future plans that you maybe had been sort of making in your head to kind of be shifted so it is really really difficult but equally things to remember is you know if you're on the other side and you're being broken up with if that person isn't fully invested in you then that's not the person that you really want to be with because surely you'd want to be with someone who is fully invested and then you know the person that you're romantically involved with is likely the person that you're spending the largest portion of your free time with especially if you live together so from the perspective of breaking up with someone if you don't feel like that is the relationship for you you're only you know like I say doing yourself a disservice by staying somewhere that you're not happy because it's your life it's not anyone else's so exactly it's definitely difficult I do feel for this person because I think that is a tough decision when you've when you're friends with someone I think I've never really been through a breakup so I don't really have the like a first-hand experience but I can only imagine that at least in a situation where something terrible happens you know like cheating or something like that you at least kind of have this like clean break or a reason for something to happen whereas actually I think more commonly things might just fizzle out and that is really hard to deal with because you just kind of second guessing not knowing if you're making the right decision so I do I do really feel for this 
person. Yeah. And something doesn't have to be forever for it to be really, really valuable and for it to have left, like, a positive mark on your life. Like, sometimes things just fizzle out like we say sometimes things just aren't forever I think we put a lot of pressure on romantic relationships that from the get-go that they have to be forever and actually sometimes things are just right for you in a certain period of your life Um, Mm. and that's totally totally fine so good luck with your decision whatever you decide to do um yeah we're supporting you because this is a tough one but you got Mm. this yeah you will make the right decision for you and even if it seems difficult right now everything will work out for the better in the end absolutely I just had to burp, sorry. <laughs> Please don't keep that in, Jay. <laughs> it's going to be in the podcast now, I can just tell. But anyway, <laughs> so so moving on to the second Agony Ant question. This is one that is very relevant to the current times, especially here in the UK. And I think that it's something that probably a lot of people will be able to relate to. It's certainly something that I've seen come up in various ways across the last week on yeah, social media. To. And essentially, it's a question asking about, like, how to deal with feelings of anxiety about the lockdown restrictions lifting now that we have, like, a roadmap out of lockdown and basically fear about the pandemic and not feeling comfortable with, like, socialising and all of that kind of stuff. And it is very complicated. Sorry. Gatsby's very opinionated about this one. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to come out of lockdown. um, (laughs) Anyway, um, it is so difficult because I think we have been in lockdown for such a long time in one way or another that it does kind of feel like, you know, some kind of normal, like restrictions and social distancing feel like the new normal. I hate to use that phrase because it was used so much, but it does kind of have that feeling. Whereas this time with the vaccine, I think the prospect of leaving lockdown actually seems like it might be like the final time and things actually going back to normal, normal. So yeah. I think that is an exciting thought for a lot of people, but if you are not feeling excited, I think that is completely fine as well because it is a big change from what we've had to, you know, go yeah. through. Yeah, when we year. went into the pandemic, it was a massive change and it felt like things mm-hmm. were out of control. But we're now a year into it now, and a lot of people I think will have settled into. I know people who love lockdown, like they just mm-hmm. love you know, being with their like close fam- close knit family in the house, getting on with things, getting on with their hobbies. Um, and so I think for a lot of people, this might be, as you say, the new normal. And to come out of it again is a massive shift, just like when we went into it. So I think that can Absolutely. be really difficult to deal with. What I will say for this one is that for me, the worst part of lockdown and the pandemic is not being able to choose what I want to do with my life. Like everything feeling like it's on pause and not being able to actively choose like my next steps. So I think here, it's important to remember that if you want to stay inside like you can you can still carry on as you were if you would like to but it'll be your choice and that's a really nice thing like you can choose what to do and you Mm -hmm. don't have to choose to go out and party immediately or go to all the bars or go in really crowded spaces you can actively choose not to but the fact that you'll have a choice is really cool I totally agree I feel like it is really tricky and one thing that you kind of made me think about when you were saying how it's been a year now and lockdown is kind of like what we're used to just think about how it took everyone a while to settle into first lockdown because it was completely 
unnatural to everything that we were used to and it just felt like a really odd circumstance and I think for a lot of people the first month at least felt very surreal and then by like the second month maybe you were a bit more settled into like a routine and a pattern. So you could potentially give yourself that same view of exiting lockdown and I think that's what the roadmap kind of does because it is a gradual easing rather than just throwing us back yeah. out into the world but I think you can totally give yourself that sort of grace period of like okay it took me a while to settle into lockdown life so logically it might take me a while to ease back out of it and for me to feel like non-lockdown is my normal again so I feel like giving yourself that sort of time to ease back out of it is really important. I think one thing that is kind of difficult is it might be a case of people putting pressure on other people to immediately Mm -hmm. change the way they're living. And I think that is when it becomes a little more tricky. But if the people that are maybe saying, let's go to the pub, let's go to this beer garden ASAP, um, just communicate with them. And I think if they're the kind of people that you clearly value and want to see after lockdown, they should respond okay to that. What do you think about that kind of situation? Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, it might be just that you potentially feel like you're going to get left behind by friends and stuff and obviously like it might be a case of trying to like meet in the middle can you go to a beer garden instead of going and sitting inside a pub can you go for a walk first and just kind of like ease Ease yourself out of it basically I'd say it's all about the easing being gentle with yourself if you don't feel ready to just throw yourself back into normal life then don't but equally just think you probably don't want to stay in some kind of lockdown mindset forever. So if you're really feeling anxious about it, then maybe sort of make your own roadmap in line with the government's easing, but kind of like try to think about what things you might feel comfortable with so that you are still confident that eventually, even if it's on a slightly longer time scale than other people, you will eventually be out of lockdown because equally, I feel like, although you are within your right to kind of stay inside and that kind of thing, you also don't want to leave yourself behind and also I feel like it is quite a negative mindset to allow yourself to stay in in the sense like you don't want to keep yourself in a state of anxiety forever so I think it is important to try and take steps yourself in a way that feels comfortable to you but gradually start to ease yourself out of it so that you know eventually there is a light at the end of your tunnel so yeah yeah I like that idea of your own roadmap and getting on like with your own schedule of what you feel comfortable with because I think for a lot of people um lockdown and going into lockdown reduced a lot of the pressure to do things that people might not want to do for example going to nightclubs a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't like doing that but maybe they felt like they had to because their friends were going and then lockdown was like woo I don't need to do that and like no one can tell me that like it's not even my decision um but you don't have to go and do those things like your roadmap could involve going out and getting a coffee or going to your favorite bakery and walking around with a friend and eating a pastry like it can be anything oh just the thought of that just like heals me (laughs) it literally sounds incredible like walking along the streets of York with a friend biting into a pan of chocolate. With me. this friend. Well, yes. I'm going with you. I don't want to force it on you, but... Mm. <laughs> I'm going. You can't kill me back. We're getting pan shocks. Um, but yeah, no, it can be a roadmap of things that you are comfortable with. You don't have to be leading up to these big events that actually you don't like that much. I think that's what can feel scary. Um, you don't mm-hmm. have to... Your end result doesn't have to be diving into a mosh pit. Like You just do the things that you are comfortable doing at your own pace. And Absolutely. just remember that it is a really really nice thing that whatever you do you will be in control of it again and that you can choose and I think that's a really beautiful thing absolutely I love that I think that's a perfect way to end that little agony ant question because yeah how poignant how beautiful how spectacular <laughs> wow you really boosted my ego <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> 
Okay, I think that brings our Agony Ant section to an end, and thus also the, the episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> and what an episode it has been. I'm sorry to anyone that was wearing headphones when I found out that Kira was moving to York, because in one of the like recording breaks, we did just go back and listen to that, and I think cats everywhere have pricked their ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just so happy that you're excited. So that's Imagine fun. if you told me and I'd just been like deadpan, like, oh, okay. You'd be like, oh, cool. That's cool. <laughs> No big yeah. deal. No biggie. I'm going to start looking to move elsewhere. <laughs> Imagine now. You no, give no. me it and then you take it away. <laughs> but no, I'm very excited. And I feel like this has been a fun episode. Yeah, so, me too. as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. See that sounds really weird. But I don't see you in the next one. The next one. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs>